Hello, and thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast series entitled Caring Through Conduct. My name is Mark Atiyah. I'm the Student Conduct Officer at Ryerson University in Toronto, Canada. Some of you might be wondering, what is the Student Conduct Officer and what is this podcast all about? Well, please allow me to explain. First, at Ryerson University, the Student Conduct Officer is in charge of administrating the Student Code of Non-Academic Conduct. So anything that happens within Ryerson from a behavioral standpoint that is non-academic, the Student Conduct Office is asked to look into the matter to help resolve. So for example, class disturbances, theft, and vandalism, just to name a few. My educational background is in psychology and I've completed a master's in social work. So as a social worker in the student conduct role, I'm looking for restorative avenues to reach out to our community members to discuss positive ways to resolve conflict and promote good conduct on campus. That leads us to the next question. What is this podcast about and how is it related to Student Conduct Office? This podcast series will focus on people sharing their stories about how they have shown caring, perseverance, and good conduct through their personal and professional lives that have led them to success. The goal of sharing such stories is to inspire and to provide insight into good behavior, especially when facing challenging times. I'm hoping for the series to be informative, fun, and thought-provoking. Please join me as we embark on this amazing journey together. Today, I am joined by Jen Gonzalez from Ryerson University. Hello. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. That's our pleasure. My pleasure. It's just me here with you. (laughs) (laughs) And all of our friends out there. Yes, yes. Hello, friends. Um, So just to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump right into our first topic. Awesome. Yeah. So um, my name is Jen. As you mentioned, I am the director of student life here at Ryerson University, which means that I'm a part of a huge team of people that help to support students Mm -hmm. as they transition in, through and out of Ryerson. Um, I started my career in housing and residence life. That's where I did my kind of emerging leader days as a student leader in higher ed. Um, And I'm really passionate about transitions and helping students transition through all of the different life changes that we see them through, getting them prepared for the life changes that they're going to encounter after they're gone with us. So I'm really excited that you had invited me to have a chat with you today about this topic. Our first topic uh, will be about exploring, I think one of the uh, first transitions that our students go through coming, let's say from high school, entering post-secondary, and it's all about orientation week. Mm-hmm. Um, it has different names on different campuses uh, here in Toronto or in Canada or outside of that. So, um, but here we call it orientation week. Week, and I guess as the student conduct officer, uh, I see different uh, cases that come my way mm-hmm. stemming out of orientation week. So the idea behind this is to maybe chat about um, some of the challenges, some of the pitfalls that uh, you and I have experienced as students mm-hmm. back in the day <laughs> and uh, as current professionals and, and maybe putting something out there for our fellow Ryersonians 
but also anybody that's really listening. And we're going to try to make this general enough mm-hmm. that it's applicable to everybody, uh, but informative enough for our folks here so that maybe we can be preventative and shed a bit of light on um, how to negotiate, how to work around uh, some of the challenges that come our way. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've experienced um, uh, when it comes to orientation. When you hear that word, uh, what do you think? What comes to mind? Okay. Um, I kind of, the first thing that comes to mind is my orientation week. So Mm -hmm. my experience as a student, I'm a first generation Canadian. My parents are from Ecuador. Um, And I share this story often with students. You know, I was not allowed to sleep over Mm -hmm. at anyone's home except for family members as as a child. And into my teenage years so I had this amazing drive and desire mm. to live in residence because I had not been allowed to kind of go to sleepover camp or to go to things experiences before higher education that would help me leave my home mm-hmm. you know and that's what a lot of people are doing when they come for orientation week they're leaving their home whether right. that be their physical space of living right. whether that be their friend groups from high school they're leaving this kind of story and version of who they are and are invited, I think, to reemerge into this new version that they could be. Right. Um, so my orientation week was a really, really interesting time. Right. My parents uh, really struggled with me leaving the right. home, the household. I'm the youngest of three, last to go. My siblings had lived with family friends in basements in the cities that they lived in for higher ed. Lots of tears, and for me, lots of confusion, excitement, because I was finally, you know, asserting my independence and making choices for myself, and then certainly lots of fear. You know, who would my friends be? What would I get involved in? How would I make a home for myself in this new space? So I think Orientation Week is kind of the first new canvas. It's it's an invitation. I like how you said canvas. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fresh start. It's Mm -hmm. it's just an awesome, exciting opportunity to yeah. engage a lot of different people and stakeholders right. in the planning of an amazing experience for our incoming mm. students. Okay. And it's setting the tone. Right. It's setting the culture. Right. Culture eats, I read this Forbes article yeah. this week, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You know? Looking back, and I guess this is where we'll start getting into the storytelling. Sure. Uh, looking back as a student, um, do you remember that first time you're leaving home, uh, you're getting in the car or train or whatever mode of transportation, mm-hmm. um, what your expectations were uh, leaving home mm-hmm. and saying, oh, this, this is what I'm looking forward to. And then how did that really play out Absolutely. when we arrived? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I, I shared the sto- story a lot in residence life. My orientation week, my move-in day started a few months before that when I actually forged my dad's signature on my residence application. So as my first (laughs) act of rebellion, I knew that they were going to say no to my request to live in residence for many reasons, financial, Mm. cultural, you know, all the things that I knew I was going to come up with. I just kind of thought I would see if I got in and then have that conversation later. Mm. So it was a summer of silence in my home leading up to my orientation weeks. You know, I did get in. I ended up communicating that to my parents. And there was a lot of friction in my household Mm. on that decision. A lot of friction between the, you know, very, very emergent evidence that I was an adult now. And I was no longer a child in the in the household, the last also to leave. So my parents were going to have an empty nest when I left. And right. lots of transitions for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so my expectations, I think, were 
after two months of that, yeah, just the best party I could possibly have, right? right? I think that's where my <laughs> expectations was. Like, I'm yes. going to go, and yeah. I'm just going to be amazingly free and yeah. have a wonderful social time. Um, my my move-in day, we had three breakfasts as a family. We had one in the family home. Very nice. And two along the way, because really? they, just, they just wanted to, you <laughs> three know. Three Yeah, three. Three breakfasts. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be the kid that moved in at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family wanted to, to not let go. Right, so, you know, right. it was actually wanted one kind of by the time we yeah. got there. Mm-hmm. Um, met my student leader, my assigned residence advisor, uh, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And was so, so, so grateful that that person was super welcoming and mm-hmm. super kind and very... Um, attuned to my family dynamics. Oh. So while everyone else kind of was moving in, perhaps families had done this several times before, my RA took the time to pat my mom on the back and right. say, you know, it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know, where are you guys from? That's nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And that That's set the nice. tone for me yeah. wanting to do that back as a student leader. Right. right? right. The actual week, um, I actually didn't end up going to the, the parties that I thought I was going to. You no. know? No. How come? You know, it was... A culture shock. Right. And my response to culture shock is to go in mm-hmm. and to be a little more introverted. So it was funny. I, I, I think that a lot of, there was a lot of cognitive dissonance in my brain between the expectations that I had, you know, the, the media that I had seen, the movies that I had seen, the thoughts that I was going to have. And what actually happened was right. I got invited to those parties and I went to my room mm. and, you know, read a book huh. is really what I did. Um, not the whole week, obviously, right, but like right. for, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the huge long social week that I thought it was going to be. There was right. actually a lot of introspection yeah. and a lot of just walking the campus and getting, mm-hmm. getting attuned with the, the vibe on the campus. Um, the best thing that happened to me during orientation week was I met my best friend of right. all of life. So, oh. you know, was pretty lonely, hadn't mm-hmm. really kind of in- implemented into my four totally yet. Didn't really kind of click automatically. Um, but was at a orientation event. It was a it was a it was a club night, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I went to an institution that had the theme of the night was country. That's right. not my music. That's okay. not what I had been listening to <laughs> in the high school. Right, right. And really, honestly, what happened was across the room there was someone who looked just as out of place, just as uncomfortable. Right. And I walked over, introduced myself, and it wasn't immediate. But six right. months later, that same person who lived in my hall, lived yeah. in my area. Her and I became, yeah. you know, really great friends. So that's okay. So it took time, yes, to make a friend. A hundred percent. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that, you know, because as students when we come in, and I remember my time uh, um, as a student. Um, for me, I uh, uh, especially about making friends. That was a big deal for me when I was transitioning. So my story was. Um, I had received a soccer scholarship mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, from coming out of high school from Toronto here and uh, got a, a scholarship opportunity to go to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I jumped on that. My parents were like, what? This is not <laughs> what we signed up for. <laughs> I told them, but why have I been training for all these years? Sure. It's for this moment. Um, and they were really concerned, exactly like your parents, mm-hmm. uh, in that what are you going to do? How are you going to survive? Uh, what about your community? What about your friends? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to go and get lost mm. uh, in more ways than one? Mm-hmm. Uh, so these were all the worries. Um, and so, but I, I was determined. I mean, I worked really hard for this once in a lifetime kind of thing. So uh, I remember, uh, you know, my family packed, helped me pack up and uh, it was my mom and brother uh, at the time. They flew with me 
to Iowa. Hello, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, when we landed, uh, I was already integrated within a team. Right. Uh, but there was, uh, you know, uh, we got there two weeks before everybody else did. So the campus basically ours. Uh, it was preseason. And there was lots of guys that you got to know really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that I pulled back, just like how you were saying. It's mm-hmm. too much all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also had to concentrate on trying to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really uh, working on that. But I felt that, you know, I'm not finding that one person. I thought I did. You know, there was a, a contingency of Canadians that were going. Right. Um, so we teamed up based on that. That was mm-hmm. our common thread was we're a bunch of Canadians going to Canada, uh, to the States, yep. and we're going to try to make it. Yep. So, but once we got there, we found out that, you know, other than that and soccer, we didn't have a lot in common. So mm-hmm. for me, I ended up just waiting. Mm-hmm. But in that time, you get lonely, you get anxious, you're like, oh, and on top of it now, I'm homesick. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, is this the right place for me? Mm-hmm. And I really ask myself that question. And someone on the outside might say, are you kidding me? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're playing soccer, you're getting paid to do it's it. the best time of your life. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. All of these uh, things from the outside that it should be a no-brainer. But mm-hmm. once you actually get in there, uh, and I guess that's what we're trying to point out today um, through this is is that on the outside, you make it to Ryerson or you make it to the next post-secondary. It's a great accomplishment. Yes, good for you. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. But there's more work to be, that's coming your way. And it is through orientation week. It is through that beginning process of how are you going to find that friend? Mm-hmm. Uh, and And I guess... I'm happy to hear that, you know, it took you six months because I think that's practical. That's real life. Unless you've come with your high school friend, even then, once you get here, it might change. Absolutely. Um, I guess word to the wise is don't be worried. You know, you'll make that friend. They will find you and so will you and you will Mm -hmm. find them, I think, because if you just give it time, you're a good person. You're going to make it. You're going to find it because you've made it thus far. Absolutely. We must have been doing something right to totally. get to, to that part. So, I like to tell students and the, the student staff, the mm-hmm. student leaders that mm-hmm. we employ yeah. to be yeah. those automatic friends. Right. Right? right. So I like to make sure that they know that that's their mission that week. It's yeah. to find the person who's sitting alone in the big mass mm-hmm. cheering party and right. approach that person and say, hey, I'm Jen and I'm someone who for this moment is going to you know, connect with you mm-hmm. and then later connect you to what might match you better as you develop. And then for students, the users of our programs or the people who are coming to campus, it's just being mindful of those tiny little moments. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not find your best friend on day one, but right. who is someone that you are intrigued by? And right. can you introduce yourself mm-hmm. and see if they cross your path over and over again, mm-hmm. whether that's a teammate or someone right. who lives on your floor or a classmate? You know, who are you intrigued by? Who kind of calls you? And can you cultivate that as you also grow? Right. So I love that we're kind of getting out the message that it's not yeah. automatic. It's not automatic. <laughs> but mindfulness is important. Yeah. Right. And the net is there. Right. So the automatic right. is there. We yeah. we empower student leaders to be those automatics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the journey gets to be the, the students. Mm-hmm. What other pressures do you think mm-hmm. face us as students um, or, or our students um, when it comes to orientation week. So I, I think the social connection is there. Yep. 
Um, what Academic. else comes to mind? Academic. Yeah. yeah. So I would say my my other experience post that first week of, there, you know, there's no class. Right. I think everyone is coming together on the mission of you're winning this week if you find a connection, if right. you make a friend, if you have some people on your floor that you can go to. And then orientation or yeah. academic orientation right. happens, right? right? Or you go to your first class and you get a syllabus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what a syllabus was. Right. I didn't understand <laughs> yeah, that that yeah. was the communication tool for the expectations right. that I was to deliver. This is a little bit of a contract. Mm-hmm. So here's your professor saying, here's yeah. what I need from you. Right. Here's what I'm going to give you. I didn't yeah. know how to read a syllabus. Right. And I think being who I was at the time, I was way more concerned with the social. Mm-hmm. And I went to everything, you know, I went to the events and made it happen. I did not go to the library tour. I didn't go to the, you know, learning area on my campus and say, oh, there's a math center. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't attuned to that yet. Yeah. Um, I think I was too concerned or more concerned with making sure I had friends. Right. Hey, you know, it is important to do your readings in yeah. September. Yeah. Um, you know, another kind of mm-hmm. pitfall. Absolutely. You just, I just thought I was in school and I had Absolutely. been a very high achiever and I had, yeah. did not have to work too hard mm-hmm. to get where I got to academically and then certainly the fall of you know just after Thanksgiving getting mm-hmm. those first marks back that's a big reality check I think Huge. for a lot of people Huge. Yeah, yeah. we definitely see it here on campus where a bit of elevation of anxiety happens mm-hmm. um, and that's when you see the behaviors uh, sometimes right. that come across between uh, folks here once they anticipate a mark and then when they get it and then Mm -hmm. what does that mean for me now Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely I uh, I agree with with the academic pieces the next piece that that folks should focus on Mm -hmm. when looking at how am I gonna come what do I need what do I need to do when I come to campus Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah there's gonna be the fun week definitely we're gonna get to know that but then yes don't forget your academics because Mm -hmm. that will be another source of stress mm-hmm. um, or another source of uh, challenge or challenges, especially now you're, it's a different grind here. We mm-hmm. kind of call it the big leagues. You're stepping mm-hmm. up to the big leagues mm-hmm. now where, you know, you're going to have to find your way. Um, so it's definitely important to ask around, I think, where are my resources? Yeah. Uh, I know I have students that come uh, through the code here and, and they, I ask them, do you know what resources you have to alleviate your stress? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, be it counseling, be it academic consulting, mm-hmm. you know, even athletics, you know, or where the gym is or where the activities are to release the stress. Yep. And they sometimes shake their head and they're like, I have no clue. Right. And I'm like, well, this could be a contributor as to why you're frustrated mm-hmm. uh, so easily. Funny that you mentioned athletics because I was going to say that uh, mm. that's probably my tertiary. Mm. So my first concern was making a couple friends. Yeah. My second was definitely making sure my academics were, you know, once I got those marks back, I was like, yeah. okay, Mm-mm. I'm investing a lot. But yeah. My family is depending on this. Right. There's some pressure. And then I don't think I got back to my mm-hmm. kind of physical health and my physical stuff till post-university right. to be perfectly yeah. honest I could never make it happen yeah. you know yeah. yeah it was one yeah. or the other it was yeah. like school or you know fitness and I right. think that that is such an important 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 dimension for students and staff to understand that when your body is working your mind is working in my story was you know I'm playing soccer so Pre-season, it was three times a day uh, we would have training. We would have one at 7 a.m. We would then have it at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. in the dead heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a, a scrimmage at 7 p.m. So it was basically, they're called three-a-days. And what I found was 
in my first semester, I found myself needing to go out and go for a run. This was such a foreign concept <laughs> for me. I did not understand that. For me, I, I can say that it was not, it was something to do so I can play soccer. That was right. it. It right. was not a source of uh, relieving of stress or right. clearing my mind. Um, what I found was, especially when I started to have anxiety around, should I be here? Should I not be here? Mm -hmm. I can't make a decision. My mind is running too mm -hmm. much now. It's overthinking. So I found myself, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm putting on my shoes, my, my trainers, and I'm going out. Yep. And I, again, it's an opportunity that I only, only realized towards the end of my stay in Iowa, which was, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Okay, our town was about, mm, I would say 700, mm -hmm. and that included our Amish friends. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> our population on campus was about 1,500, mm -hmm. and the rest is country. It's right. fields, right. corn. So I ended up just grabbing a route, and I just ran, and I kept running. Uh, and I just, when I returned back to the dorm, I felt like I had a better perspective on things. Mm -hmm. At least my brain was tired enough so that I can go to sleep, mm -hmm. wake up the next day, and reassess and yeah. reevaluate. And I think one of the messages is through that is take your time in making a decision. Absolutely. You know what I mean? When they say sleep on it, literally try <laughs> to sleep on it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And, I, and that skill, I have to say, has translated in my, my, my professional life here too. In my role, I'm not, it's not wise mm -hmm. to make a rush decision. Right. Uh, for me, the more time I have, the better to assess, to think about. Um, so it's, it's a skill that I learned when I was in university. And here I am, many years later, still using that. And it does go back to take time. Yeah. Go If you need to go work out, go work out. Yeah. Uh, if you need to be alone, be alone. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. The world is not going to end in that moment. Uh, and the more you are centered and grounded, I think the calmer you are. Mm -hmm. But if, you're, if you find that you have like a mini tornado that's yeah. going within yourself... Yeah. yeah, we're only humans. Exactly. We will probably make that mistake and Absolutely. look back and say, ah, maybe I shouldn't. 15 years out of this yeah. experience, um, but it taught me a lot, and it sounds like that's what happened to you. Mm -hmm. So you, you go, you're going through this transition. Yeah. You were running because that's yeah. the pattern that was set in by your right. pre-training. That's right. Upon reflection, you know that as a functional adult who's going mm -hmm. through many, many transitions, that's an, a tool that you can use. Right. So really, I think this orientation and you know the, the transition into university and higher education, mm -hmm. it's helping students discern the tools that they have mm -hmm. and those resources that they have on campus, this yeah. magic playground that they have. Right. You know, what an opportune time yes. to understand what you need to do for your body, understand mm -hmm. to do what you need to do for your mind. Yeah. And then the last, you said it, meditate. Yeah. Your spirit, you know. Yeah. One of my friends meditates literally in Dundas Square in Toronto, which is the equivalent of our New York Times Square. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello New York. <laughs> and that's her challenge yeah, to herself. Yeah. If she can get herself quiet in the middle of the city. That's amazing. She knows that she can handle any challenge wow. that might come to her, you know, into her context. Right. In her workspace, in her family right. life, and, and everything else. Right. That was an aspect of input that mm -hmm. I got that was like, hey, to be a successful functional adult in this world, yeah. I might need to put a little attention towards my body. Awesome. Yeah. I can do that too. Is it a walk in the park? Is it yeah. 
you know, sitting in Dundas Square, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, and I think it, it's all part of quieting the, the spirit down a little bit, mm-hmm. quieting your surroundings. But I think the louder it gets, the less you're able to kind of listen to yourself, if, if that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. Absolutely. And sometimes I find folks um, will distract themselves mm-hmm. on purpose because sometimes sitting quietly, we may not be happy with yeah. whom we're sitting with, and Absolutely. that's ourself. Yeah. And sometimes folks will take on risks that may not need to be taken to fit in. Absolutely. Um, limiting the risks. Sure. If I can ask people to do one thing, it's yeah. limit your risk taking. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to put too much on the line. I hope you've enjoyed listening to part one of episode one. Please download part two to hear the conclusion of my interview with Jen Gonzalez as we continue to explore the topic of Orientation Week.